don't mix politics and sport. No, no, I'm not. I'm not talking about politics. I'm just saying, vote for me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, we haven't even started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hash Rugby Chat. Um, tonight we'll be talking predominantly about the uh, Super Rugby World Cup warm-ups, uh, and obviously uh, going to be number one um, as Wales have done. But before that, we'll have a few little chat about Shoot Shield and Curry Cup as they're ongoing as well. Um, and uh, yeah, just to make sure that Arsene feels uncomfortable on the show because uh, yes, he's joining me. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just shot out from a public meeting public. Um, about our lo- development of our local sports ground. So that's quite exciting for us, actually. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And also, I saw your hat, your cap. I saw the poster behind you. I thought maybe you were at a Blues supporters support group. Now, <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, every time I go to a game, I'm at a support group. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of walk in there and you go, hi. Hi, I'm my Ashwin. name's Ashwin. I'm a blue supporter. <laughs> I'm a blue supporter. Hi, Ashwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and as you can all tell, we've been joined by John O'Connor. Long time, no talk. How are you doing, sir? I'm very well, thank you. I'm about to have a, a podcast, a, a YouTube broadcast and pudding and coffee at the same time. I mean, can it get any better? Can it get well? I've got, I've got, I've got hot Milo rather than, rather than coffee. But there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, ice cream. And I'm, and I'm, and hi, I'm Paul, the guy from drive, uh, the guy behind Driving Mall. Um, so thank you everyone for joining us. So just, well, just breeze over a couple of news items first. Um, the Shoot Shield reaches its finals, um, and uh, Sydney University will take on Wangaraa, which, which, I, which tells me Warringah. There we go. Brilliant. Yep. We've got, a, we've got uh, semi-local. Um, in the final, that's first versus third. Hugh will be giving us a big write-up of that, um, as he's been doing for every round of the uh, Shoot Shield. So check that out on drivingmall.com. Um, I'm backing uh, Sydney to, Sydney University to win that one, by the way. But uh, predictions will come out later in the week. And then, well, it um, depends whether Sydney select a whole lot of Fijians, because I think that's the only way Australian teams win a game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. Having a pop, Sydney right, University gets all the gets all the um, uh, the Waratahs players playing for them for some reason. Um, and then we have the Curry Cup, and I'll be honest, I'm a bit surprised. Oh, I'm very I'm very surprised, and impressed with how the Grickass have gone heading into the final round, topping the table. Um, that's got to be a bit of a shock, as they're not a Super Rugby or or professional or or, or, or pro pro fourteen um, province, are they, uh, John? No, they're not, but they are a feeder into uh, the Cheetahs. Um, so they were, well, let's put it this way. They were a feeder into the Cheetahs when they were part of Super Rugby. I'm not sure now with the Pro 14 if that still holds. Um, but certainly Greg was, you know, have produced uh, some Springboks, a very fam- famously one in the 70s called Manikis Roo, um, who was uh, played at center. So, yeah, um, Greg was got a long... 100-plus-year history of playing rugby. And that uh, province is uh, where Kimberley is found. That's the, the centre of, of uh, Griqua's rugby. And Kimberley is, of course, the famous place w- with all the diamonds and stuff like that. They're rich. Plenty They're of sponsors. Rich. Yeah, plenty of sponsors. They should be rolling in there. They should have the best players. They should have a Springbok team. So they have. They've come top of the log. Well, this is and Western Province have been the side uh, that dominates Curry Cup over the past couple of years, so they've they've dropped down into fifth this year. Um, so there's one more round of games to go, uh, but we'll see. So, but um, Tafel Lager worth a drink, or is that one of the or or or, or, or one to avoid, John? Tafel T A F E L. Yep. Yeah, it's worth a go. So that's that's the Grickhouse sponsor. So they're they're Tafel Lager Grickhouse this year. So um, not only. It, if we compared to Toyota Free State, Xerox, Golden Lions, Cell C, Sharks, DHL, Vodafone, um, Fakisa, P H A K I S A, Pumas, whoever they are. I've got to say, mm-hmm. Grickhouse, not only are they top of the table, but they've got the best sponsor as well. In fact, they've got a beer sponsor. Oh, yeah. So, so just to say, so you said that the Grickers used to sort of feed into the cheetahs, um, but interesting enough, so they're not feeding into the cheetahs anymore. And then basically what the area that would be the Cheetahs, the Free State, has come second on the log as well. So obviously yeah, there's so a bit of strength around that area. Yeah. You've got to think of it in terms of um, 
uh, ITM Cup teams, right, in New Zealand. Yes. So, yes. so for instance, Northland and uh, the Blue, and Auckland uh, may make up the Blues. So, yes. Griquas and Free State made up the Cheetahs. Right. Something similar like that. There only really was one province that had no real input from anywhere else, and that was the Sharks. So right. their um, Curry Cup team was pretty much um, yeah, minus happy. Springboks. Yeah, yep. minus Springboks might be on duty um, yep. for whatever tournament they're playing in at that time. When they play the Curry Cup, it's basically their super rugby squad. And, and so the, is the Curry Cup split like the um, IT or the <laughs> Mitre 10 Cup now um, in terms of a premiership and championship with sort of, uh, you know, a, t- a top level and a bottom level and promotion relegation between them? What day is it today? <laughs> <laughs> what, what year are we in? Um, the, it, a, it is, they, they don't have crossover games. Sorry, I interrupted you there, Paul. Please go for it. So I was going to say, they don't have crossover games in the same way that uh, Mighty Ten Cup do. Um, and no. Nominally, there's promotion relegation, but it never seems to happen, unless it's the Kings who get relegated or promoted, depending <laughs> on what mood they're in. Exactly. I mean, let's be honest, I don't think that the vast majority of South African rugby unions want the Kings to succeed, simply mm-hmm. because that would be an outlet for the incredible pool of black talent that comes out of that area so that's the heartland of black african rugby is around the kings and they yep. have been looted and pillaged for all manner of rugby players uh, the greatest example of which would be sia colisi who is right. a, who is a player from that area raised in that area and is of course uh, stormers western province and springbok captain so what what does what what sort of um, geographical landscape does the uh, Kings actually encapsulate? So the area around Port Elizabeth and East right. London. So that's rough. Let's say if you were to go along the coast between Cape Town and Durban, it's a roughly halfway uh, between the two. Yep. Right. So it's not that I've ever been, but I got an understanding. <laughs> um, so that's the heartland of the Kosa people, right? Yes. Yep. And when you head up towards Durban, where the Sharks are, that's um, the heartland of the Zulu people. Mm-hmm. And the Kosa people are sort of midway between the Zulus and the Western Cape. Now, it's a very much a generalization. But yes, yeah. that's the heartland of both black um, passion for rugby and cricket. So Mackay and Tini came out of that area as well. Ah, right. Okay. You know, looking at the teams that are up, there, Premiership, Championship, and you look at the Championship and you see the Griffins, and instead of that, just for that Harry Potter element, you want to see them in the Premiership. There's clearly some ones that have that have had their names for years, like uh, like like like, like Igrikas and um, the Bulls. You, other ones you think look a little bit more f- more recently made up. Um, and it's kind of like, yeah, we, we've we need to come up with, a, with 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 an animal or with a, with a nickname, guys. Let's just make it up on the spot and come up with something. Um, so mm. yeah, some of them look a little, little bit, yeah, and and that's happened in my ten cup as well. Um, oh. I, Otago, uh, the spinebacks or something silly. I razorback, razorbacks. There we go. I it's a wild pig. This is what you got. All over. You're all over this. <laughs> all over it, mate. All over it. Yeah, yeah, like but, a rash. You know, the other thing that happened is is the the, the Haguaris fifteen entered the championship and they actually absolutely stormed it. Um, seven seven wins, seven try bonus points. They topped the table on thirty five points. Uh, the Griffins, who Ashwin is Ashwin's new favourite team, <laughs> <laughs> um, picked up twenty four points. So in, in just seven games, they gained an eleven point lead. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. men men versus boys. So when we say the Hagiwaris, uh, you know, because I got the Pumas wrong and real, then got educated that it's not the Pumas from Argentina. Is the Hagiwaris an Argentinian team? Yes, it is. Okay. Yes. And so, is this the first year that no, they're into the? No, no, they they were playing as the. Now, don't ask me what this word means. We'll Google it. The Well Witchers, W E L W I. T S C H I A, well, which is some 
I don't know, some term that was relevant to them, and they were yep. playing in the current cup. So okay. you, to understand this, you need to go quite far back into the 60s, where um, South Africa sent one of the great rugby minds of that period of South African rugby over to Argentina to help them develop their rugby. So he was a, a man by the name of Isaac von Yedden, who famously coached what was then Natal, uh, has now become the Sharks, and coached a beautiful brand of rugby. And South African rugby invested in Argentinian rugby and helped develop the sport within Argentina over a period of decades. So there have been very close ties between South Africa and Argentina. Right, so, that's, right. that's, so to give them somewhere to compete mm-hmm. outside of the normal season, um, they, they included them in the Curry Cup. So, um, so whereas the Griffins, for instance, are northern free state, so mm-hmm. um, the Cheetahs are around Bloemfontein, which is the capital of the free state province. The Griffins are the northern part of that province, and the Griquas are in quite close to that, are in the northern part of the Cape province. Um, the team that comes from the Jaguars is actually a South American team, obviously minus. Uh, all the players that are, are currently representing the Pumas, but it gives yep. them an opportunity to develop develop those players Second and give them gives them a strong place to play below Super Rugby level. Yep. Yeah, and a, 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 a lot of their players from that were playing for the Argentinian fifteen in the Americas Rugby Championship before, where they played against the USA, Canada, Brazil, Chile, and Uruguay. So they've been. It's yep. not like they've they've just appeared for this. They've they've, they've been playing elsewhere as well. Do you think that they'd ever let them get into the Premiership? Like, so they're, they're going to finish top of the log in Championship. Do you think they would actually let them get in the Premiership? You know, fearful of the fact that they might end up with a Super Rugby-type scenario? <laughs> I think they would, absolutely. And if they're good enough to win, good on them. You know? yeah. um, uh, I, I don't think that, you know, by the way, I don't think the Jaguars have been given nearly enough credit in this country for what they've achieved in the years since they started in Super Rugby, they were poo-pooed mm. at the start, and mm. yet they have far more travel than anybody else, because nobody thinks that every single away game for them is across an ocean. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I think, away game for Ham for the Chiefs here in Hamilton could be yeah. two hours up the road at the Blues. Yeah, yeah, hour and a half. Um, yeah, yeah. You can't have been listening to Driving Mall too often then before you came on, because we used to we used to talk about um, the Huggywaris in terms of their concept and. Yeah, we felt that the that the um, the quality in the sides has been there. It's just a case of obviously one day they were going to get used to the travel factor, and and it looks like they sort of come to grips with how they can manage the travel factor to sort of be very very obviously. Well, I can't put enough varies in there. Very competitive. <laughs> uh, I mean, they they were in the final, so. Uh... <laughs> Well, so, yeah, no, but, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. There's like the, the old mainstream media and people that aren't so aware. It's just like, look, they've, they've had a very hard road um, to get up to speed. Yeah. I mean, even um, they haven't had it quite as bad, but not far behind them are the Sunwolves. Sunwolves, because mm. the Sunwolves, at least the Sunwolves travel north and south, so they don't yep. have as much jet lag as the Aussies do. Change. But, mm. the, but half of the Sun Wolves home games are in Singapore, so they even their home game. Yeah, half of their home games they're still not in their own beds in their own homes. Now that's not, a not only that, and, and it's and not only that, they're I mean, it's, it's playing a long in way from Singapore to, 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 to Japan. It's it's not a, it's not close. It's still a nine hour flight as well between those two places. It's not oh. like it's close. Oh. Anyway. Couple of other things that's been going off. Um, the top fourteen kicks oh, off this coming weekend. Amazingly enough, so that uh, that that nearly that nearly year round competition in France go um, is is about to kick off, uh, which is um, uh, which just does my head in the fact that they're already already starting. So um, so good luck to all the players there. Uh, well, but you can you can run a you can run a year round competition when you just go and get South Pacific um, players that um, you sign up to not release. <laughs> Well, <laughs> dearie me. Another shot fired. That's a shot, shot. fired. Shots fired. <laughs> that is... um, I just want to point something out here. 
before we get too uh, judgmental of the French top 14, yep. August in the Northern Hemisphere is the equivalent of February here. Yes, but they keep the going until June. Super, super Rugby starts in February and the Mata 10 Cup is still running. So players who played Super Rugby and are not in the uh, and are in the All Blacks are still playing, and players who played Super Rugby and played Mighty Ten Cup Rugby are still playing. Yeah, yeah, so it might not be the same competition, but they're still playing rugby. True, they are. Um, they are doing that. Um, Josh was asking, have we talked about um, World Cup rankings in the Bledisloe Cup yet? No, we haven't. But that, that's we've got. We've got a few more. Um, uh, rabbit holes to go down before we get there. Um, in true, but the, the I mean the, the, the pro four, the top fourteen kicks off. say kicks off now in August, goes all the way through to June, um, uh, which basically gives them June, uh, which basically gives them July, or, or a five week break between uh, the end of the season and the beginning. Uh, effectively, uh, the, or maybe slightly longer, maybe 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 as much as uh, as as up to sort of. Um, a maximum of eight weeks, but it, it is it, it is a it is a very long season up in France. I mean, the, one of the ways they deal with it is generally uh, they don't mind losing away from home, so they so they, they play their first choice team at home, uh, and they will send uh, they'll quite often rest players for away games. So, as you say, it it, it might look like a a long old season because it is um, being fourteen teams. That's twenty six games plus. You've got your European Champions Cup on top of that. You've got your playoffs on top of that as well. So it takes up 29 plus your 8 plus 3 if you do well in the European Champions Cup, um, which becomes an awful lot of games. But as I say, they quite often rest players when they go away from home, which is how, they, how, how the player toll, uh, or how they, how, they, how they do sort of play welfare there uh, historically. Uh, and they have bigger budgets, they have bigger squads, so they can afford to do it. Um, well... Let me ask you, uh, Paul. Yep. Um, roughly, um, I hope everybody else is getting to see you because I can't for some mm. reason. But um, uh, no, you're all good. You're all good. Okay. Yeah, everybody's so, all good on YouTube anyway. Paul, do you know approximately how many games somebody who plays for France, how many games they're going to play approximately in a year or how many games somebody's in the All Blacks is going to play in a year? Uh, in the All Blacks, um, so the All Blacks, it will be um, because they tend to have around about fourteen Test matches, but they'll only they'll miss at least two of those. Um, plus, you've got your sixteen games Super Rugby, which they have to miss two of. So you're looking at somewhere in the sort of mid to in the sort of mid twenties for for an All Black. So 20, 26, 28 kind of region. And here's a crazy thing: the NFL generates way more reg- money than than uh, rugby in the many billions of dollars. If you are a wild card team and you win your wild card playoff match, and then you win the division, and then you win the conference, and then you play the Super Bowl, you'll play twenty games in a year. Whoa, <laughs> twenty! Well, I think the European <laughs> ones are now capped. Something like 30, 36 games per, per player maximum, which gives you an idea. And yeah. if you if you are a top team and you didn't get the wild, you didn't have to play a wild card game. Your whole season will be nineteen games if you go all the way to the Super Bowl. But the rest of the the people who don't make the playoffs, they'll play sixteen games in a year. And it's, it's, the NFL is, is, is an amazing uh, competition when you think to, to look at because and they have a whole bunch of regulations in there as well. Like they're only allowed to change their jerseys once every five years. Um, they don't put uh, there's I think there's something about not having so many sponsors on the jerseys and all this kind of stuff. And yet they generate way more revenue than teams than rugby teams that have up to sort of I think Scarlets had something like twenty sponsors on their jersey recently. Uh, and they change their jersey every year, uh, and yet NFL teams that change their jersey once every five years make just as much money from, or make actually more money. Uh, and you got to say that some of this stuff is counterintuitive, but I, you do think that some of the the, the the rugby hasn't looked at the the finances and the financing properly as to how this kind of works. What they have fallen prey for, prey to, 
at least, is the yawning mole that is satellite television. Mm -hmm. Satellite sport needs programming. They're desperate for content. And what rugby made a big mistake in doing is saying, we'll supply you with hours and hours and hours of new content every week. Instead of what the NFL does, it starts in September. And at the moment, by the way, the fans are just gagging for it um, to start, right? They're in preseason at the moment. And it runs from September through to the first weekend in February, which is the Super Bowl. And then it's over. And then everybody waits with bated breath. I can't wait for it to start again. And that's what we don't have with rugby. We, we have, uh, I think there might have been one weekend this year when there wasn't any rugby or, or, and, or it was only minor competitions were on. Uh, there, there, isn't that, there isn't that breathing space to create anticipation for a new season. It, it just, it's, it's, it's always on the go. Um, and, it's only real, and it's only real hardcore that um, get withdrawal symptoms when there's a weekend without rugby. I know. By the time it gets to December, um, I'm so rugbyed out that I don't want to watch Northern Hemisphere games. I'm not interested. I just I need a break. I want to watch some cricket. I want to get away from rugby, and I want to wait until February and into March so that I can actually, yeah, I want to watch the game again. See, see part of this issue is obviously around the fact that um, you've got sports channel, you know, your cable network channels, sports channels that need content, need content, need content. So basically a lot of everything is now geared towards creating content. It doesn't, I mean, apart from it appears American sports aside in terms of like NFL, um, everything else seems to be trying to create and generate more and more content. Oh, you look at yeah. I mean, baseball as a like 140-odd game season. You're like, what? How can you... 62 games in the regular season. No. 160. And that's before the playoffs. <laughs> so sometimes they're playing double headers. They're playing two games in one day. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. It's interesting. It's diluting your product, isn't it? I mean, what we're talking about here is the NFL's doing it right. They're yes. creating that um, um, suspense. I can't think of the right words, but you know that anticipation. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and and, and um, but every other sport is actually going around the dilution path of actually giving so much content. Everybody's going, oh, I missed the game. Oh, bugger. <laughs> oh, well, I'll watch the next one. And what is, what is the number one most valuable sporting franchise in the world? It's not in the most popular sport in the world. It's not Real Madrid or Liverpool or Man United. <clears throat> the number Cowboys. one value, the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, and he is, and he, that's a Jerry. Um, you want to say Springer? Springer. <laughs> <laughs> you, say... <laughs> you ever heard him? Oh, this is Jerry. Uh, Jerry, the. Uh, oh, no, Jerry, yeah, no. look it up for us. Jerry um, Jones. Isn't it Jones? That makes, yes, yes that sounds Jerry, right. Yep. Jerry Jones. Um, Not from Jones. He has not won a Super Bowl. In 25 years, he hasn't even won a divisional title in 25 years. And he still mm. has, has managed to turn that into so much wealth, right? There are a couple things he's done. I mean, there's, I mean, there, 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 there are silly things like, oh, they decided not to put a, put a, a roof on the Dallas Cowboys stadium so God could watch his team. Um, and they come up with little, little sayings like that, which, 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 which people, people buy into. <laughs> Um, but he's also invested an awful lot of money in making uh, the stadium experience at the Cowboys um, amazing. So they've like, I think they've got the largest big screen uh, in the world. So it's like watching at home on your own screen. It's the same sort of resolution because you're so, it's such a big screen, even though you're in the stands and things like that. Uh, and that's where, as you say, that's that rugby in New Zealand, especially, and I think South Africa as well. Uh, has has lost the plot in the fact that they've, as you say, they've put all this content on for um, for, for the satellite channels, and they haven't worried about the fans in the stadiums, and they haven't spent all that money trying to um, uh, try, to, yeah, trying to make the fan experience in the stadiums worth doing it, and that's why we get that's why we're seeing uh, that's one of the reasons anyway 
we're seeing that um, uh, crowds decreasing. Mm. Well, I, I feel for the Sunwolves because they've oh. got a great sense of the season that they were starting to climb upwards. And people forget, but I remember, the Crusaders the first, I don't know, two, three years? Two years. Were rubbish. Uh-huh. They were getting spanked. Right? Until they started buying Aucklanders, totally. <laughs> oh, dear me, that broken record again. <laughs> there we go. Those blue underpants are showing, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'm wearing them on the outside. <laughs> Mr. Super Blue. Um, Mr. Blue, exactly. Now, look, I mean, it's, 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 it's interesting you say that. Crusader's actually not a bad one to sort of to select there because, um, as you said, the first two years they they were basically bottom of the log, so to speak. Um, and then even it's sort of that third year, they won the title in the third year of Super Rugby. And it was sort of like halfway through the season, it was looking like the first two seasons, and then something, um, a, a switch flicked, and um, things have basically carried on from there. But they've sort of fallen, and they've also now starting to see where their product's becoming diluted. You know, the, the fervor that the Cantabrians, the Christ, people of Christchurch followed the team, that started to sort of disappear as well. You, you're starting to see, um, you know, at a smaller stadium now where you'll be lucky if it's half full at, at certain times of the season. Um, and you'll hear the, um, oh, but you don't realize how cold it is. Was well, We've got global warming, so surely it's warmed up. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, it's warmed up since Lancaster <laughs> Park is my point. Right, so but how can you say it's cold now, but Lancaster Park was warmer? That doesn't make any sense. So look, the reality is is that there's, there's a dilution there as well. Let's also be honest that back in the '90s, when Super Rugby started, games in New Zealand were in the afternoon. Um, yeah, but it, but by the time uh, when they were getting different. And you had things like, I mean, look, the fans are so used to making the final, they don't bother going to quarterfinals anymore. Um, and things like that. They wait for the final to get the actual to get their tickets mm. and things. Um, yeah, so, yeah, they'll, they'll wait is, for the final. Yeah, which now. is part so of that, um, dilution. Yeah. <clears throat> um, some player news um, because we seem to manage to get through half an hour before we even got to the main topic, which is fantastic. Um, French lock um, Paul Gabrielis has been cited for a ruck clear out, so he's in the same sort of situation as. Um, uh, Scott Barrett, where he's going to have a, a hearing to see whether see see how much the Rugby World Cup he may or may not miss. Um, mm-hmm. And we've also had uh, Marcel uh, Coetzee has uh, been ruled out due to an ankle injury. Oh. No, it's such a sad story. Oh, sorry. sorry. So I thought you were going to say no. It wasn't. He wasn't. That's not. That's not the case. Yeah, so, um, so that's that, that, that's uh, the, the second Rugby World Cup on the trot that he's been ruled, ruled out for through injuries. Is yeah. yeah. He also, after the last Rugby World Cup, the last test match he played was 2016. He went to Ulster, did his ACL, anterior cruciate ligament in the one knee in 2017. Did the other knee. No, he did it just after he got there. So 2016, he did the one cruciate ligament. 2017, he did the other knee, the other cruciate ligament, and almost gave up the game. Um and his selection into the Springbok squad after a really good season for Ulster was such a feel-good story, and now it's happened to him again. The um, so were you shaking your head um, at the fact that he's injured again, or you know, unfortunately got another injury, or was it a silly circumstances that he got the ankle injury? No, it's just one of those things, right? Yeah, but I just feel for him because he is a. Um, to give you an idea of the type of person that Marcel Kutsi comes from, he came from a Afrikaans medium school on the south coast of uh, KwaZulu-Natal. So that's kind of like saying he came from a Raglan high school, right? Right, right. Unpopular, not known for producing uh, provincial players either at uh, Craven Week, which is the provincial schoolboy level, or yep. um, international players. He wasn't selected to go to the Sharks Academy, but he, um, his parents paid for him to go. So rather than getting a scholarship, 
You chose mm-hmm. to go to the Sharks Academy where they're encouraged to study as well as play rugby. Mm-hmm. And the when he finished school, the sort of two months between the end of uh, year 13 exams and the start of the academy year in February, everybody else, there's a tradition in South Africa, it's quite common, where you go away, you party at the end of school before you start university, you're going differently. People travel all over the country and party and they have beach parties and all sorts of things. He went to the gym and he went to his uncle who owned a gym and he trained his guts out for two months while everybody else was partying at the end of school. And when he arrived at the uh, Sharks Academy, he was physically and focused so far ahead of everybody else that within a year he was he was given a scholarship. Within two years he was playing for the Sharks. That's the kind of player that he is, right? Mm-hmm. Unfashionable background, hardworking, dedicated, absolutely who you want in your squad. And he's just been blighted in the last three years with injuries. Injuries. Mm-hmm. Very sad. So I was going to say, is there any point in having these warm-up games? Or should we, should, we, should the team just keep everyone wrapped in cotton wool in training and then just jump straight into every World Cup? You, you, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, aren't you? Because <laughs> if, you, if, you, if, you if you don't have any warm-up games, you're going to be undercooked um, before the World Cup. And if you do have warm-up games, there's a chance that somebody's going to get injured. Yeah, I agree. So I, I, it's, I, I think the lesser of, well, it's, it's probably not the, the correct saying to use, but the lesser of two evils is to play warm-up games. Well, it only is okay to not play warm-up games if other teams are not playing warm-up games. Otherwise, they will steal a march on you. Yeah. Yeah. And even in the NFL, they play warm-up games, um, and they hardly play, they hardly play um, any games at all. The... Yeah. So yeah, no, I think we've had to have warm-up games. There is, there is that just this, 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 this situation where we're having players who are picking up disciplinary and uh, much more upsetting uh, injuries that mean they're missing games. I mean, Gareth Anscombe is one we talked about last week. Um, we're talking about Marcel uh, this week. It's, it's a real shame these people, these things are happening. Um, yeah, but this is this is part of sport, right? We can say it's part of a contact sport, or let's call it. What did uh, Heineken Mayer call it? A collision sport, right? Yep. Um, ballroom dancing is a contact sport. Rugby is a collision <laughs> sport. But even even in ballroom dancing, in any sport, you're going to have injuries, but especially in a collision sport, it's going to happen, right? You've got Damien McKenzie, you've got Marcel Kutsi, you've got Pocock who's had tons of injuries. Mm-hmm. You're going to get these things, and this is where depth counts, right? Yep. It is. And what do you think of... Um, England and Argentina have both, have both named their 31 already uh, players for the World Cup uh, a month out. With uh, whereas teams like Wales and New Zealand are going to be sort of waiting until the last minute to, to, to name them. Which approach would you take? Do you, do you like the idea they actually put a stake in the ground now, where but they could lose some more players, or do you think uh, they, but, they, but um, that way the players know who who is going, or do you think you should keep the keep the players guessing for a few more weeks? What do you think, Ashwin? Well, I, I think it's a horses for courses, tell you the truth. I think um, if, you're, if you're comfortable with this, the, the players that you've got and the players that you've chosen, there's no harm in um, actually going ahead and saying, OK, this is my squad that I'm taking to the World, World Cup. Um, and we're going to work. And we're, that's, the con, that's the combinations and everything that we're going to work on. Um, in saying that, you know, Argentina aside, I think England, I'm not, I'm not, I think it's a provisional Rugby World Cup squad as opposed to a confirmed Rugby World Cup squad. But look, uh, as I say, the, 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 if it was a actual Rugby World Cup squad named 30 days out from a start of a tournament or however many days it is, um, look, it's horses for courses. So it, it can work because you've got a settled squad. Um, you're now just working on combinations to make sure that everything's bedded down. Everybody knows the moves. Everybody knows the roles that they're playing, etc., etc. So it can work for you if, if you if you know what you're doing. If, if um, if you know that that's the people that you want there. I think it's the other way around, actually. I think it's actually the thing to do if you're not sure. Um, so you look at the All Blacks, you look at Wales, you look at Ireland. A year ago, you'd name 25 or so of that of their World Cup squad quite comfortably, uh, and uh, probably even more, and you know who's going, barring injuries, obviously. 
Um, and so every, the people in camp actually know who the 30, who, who the 28 or so players are, and they know, and the, the, and the, the, the sort of the four or five guys who are jinking it out for, for, for a place um, understand who they are, and the guys who are the injury reserves but making sure they're up to speed know who they are. And, and everyone knows what the pecking order is. There's not really, it's not really overly competitive. Whereas I think teams like England, perhaps South Africa to a, to, to a degree, if you name it early, you're stopping some of the over-fighting that you might get in or over-competitiveness you might get in the camp where players are like, okay, we don't actually, we know 10 of the players who are going, but, but the other, there's the, the still 30 guys around fighting out for 20 places and they're going hammer and tongs in training and perhaps overdoing it. And I think what Eddie Jones has done is he's gone, right, guys, I'm going to say who it is now so we can actually concentrate on combinations rather than players trying to outdo each other. Whereas uh, I think that's where Eddie Jones has, has gone down. For, 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 for the Puma thing, it's, I, don't, I, can't, I don't think they've got another warm-up game, so they've just said, right, look, warm-up game's done. Here's our team. But I think South Africa could actually possibly do with do that because at the moment... Um, I'm not sure South Africa know well from the outside. Uh, it's hard to say who their who, who their best team is because their 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 so-called first choice and their so-called second choice teams have both been winning and both been doing really well. Mm. Um, so yeah, for, for me, it's, it is a horses for courses one. But I think, but but the opposite way around to Arsenal is it for teams for squads that are unsettled. It helps settle them down. Whereas settled squads don't need to name yet because they know the players know their roles and who they are. Mm. Um, and I think that's also part of this I mean, World Cup rankings. Wales going number one. Are you? Uh, are, how are you boys? Are you boys throwing it out and going? These World Cup rankings are rubbish. Wales haven't beaten New Zealand in forever. How can they be number one? Or. Yeah. I'm not too fussed about it. Tell you the truth. I mean, like it's 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 paperwork. For my mind, it's not what happens on the field. Who cares, right? Um, obviously, it's nice to have the tag of number one. Um, obviously, there's a lot of confused people around. I, I think the it's not so much that Wales haven't played the All Blacks. It's the fact is that, well, hang on, the results have been very similar. I suppose the only difference being that Wales have been playing England and, and New Zealand All Blacks have been playing, what, sort of like about a sixth or seventh placed Australia. But it's only the, well, it's only, it's only like, results in the, the last week, though, isn't it? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, uh, you know, we yeah, don't realize uh, that rankings are about last week. They're about the they're about the last sort of year or so. Last twelve years, yeah, yeah, yeah twelve months. Sorry, twelve months, twelve, 12 years. Yeah. And let's be honest, New Zealand have not been the best over the last twelve months. Not arguing. Um, or or their best. No, sorry, they no, 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 haven't been their best in the last twelve months. Sorry, say that again. Say that again. New Zealand, New Zealand hasn't been, been at the their best. best for the last 12 months. They haven't been at their best, yeah. but they've certainly been the best. <laughs> See, I'd rather John say it than me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. But uh, if, uh, if England play New Zealand in the last year 10 times, New Zealand are winning eight of them? Yeah, I was going to say eight. If, if uh, if Wales play in the last year, New Zealand ten times, Wales probably is not winning a game. If Ireland play New Zealand ten times in the last year, Ireland is winning one. Ireland Maybe. have a 50-50 record against New Zealand over the last uh, well since the last Rugby World Cup. Uh, but these are one-off games, except for the two. Two matches they had, and the second one, the the All Blacks gave it to them at home, right? So, the, <laughs> I mean, New Zealand, and I, I'm saying this: New Zealand is not my first team. Mm-hmm. I live here, I support New Zealand, of course. The Springboks are where my heart is because that's where I got up at early hours of the morning with my dad. The bottom. <laughs> yeah. So, so this, but there's no doubt that New Zealand have been the best team. In the world, in the lot. I mean, if you play ten times against New Zealand, there is no team in the world that's going to have five wins. The um, yeah, I, I 
the well, it's no teams going to get five, five wins. Games, um, five games away. You think that some te- another team in the world is going to win five times? Away to New Zealand, probably not actually. Yeah, it's coming to New Zealand and winning is very is very difficult. I, South yeah. Africa have done it in the last two years. Um, the I think, well, but if you're going to come up with some sort of ranking system that's that's going to be stats based, I mean, Joshua threw up some some ones which basically shows that New Zealand have got a 74, or sorry, 78.5 win percentage over the last year, whereas Wales have got a 90 90.9% win percentage over the last year. Um, so, so let me and, put it to you this way. Let me let me put it to you like this: there is only one team in the world that travels away from home and is a favourite. Yeah, true. Okay, the, um, so there's no other team in the world that goes to Twickenham and expects to win. There's no other team in the world that goes to Ellis Park and expects to win or goes to Cardiff and expects to win. doesn't matter where in the world they go outside of their home base, they are the favourites. There's only one team. That's it, right? Everybody else struggles away from home. The All Blacks win. True, um, but if you're going to have a ranking system that's going to be done statistically, uh, it's going to come down to those wins. Wales, uh, New Zealand have had one of their worst years uh, in probably about a decade now with um, so with that 78% win, win, win rate. Uh, and so Wales haven't played, Wales admittedly haven't played New Zealand, but they can only beat the teams they've played. Um, and, they've, and they've done that. Wales, uh, but the... The crazy thing is, the last year includes a Northern Hemisphere tour, but it doesn't include a Southern Hemisphere tour. If Wales had come south in the last year, what do you think would have happened to them? The well, they did. They did come. Where did they go last last um, last June? The um, are you, okay. But the yeah, it, it, okay. The, the, the rankings aren't aren't purely on the last twelve months games. Every game gives and takes away points but obviously we the if you go on a winning run of 14 games which is what news which is what wales did then you're going to be gaining points and not losing them and you're going to move up the rankings um yeah so it's it but it just points out that the ranking system is flawed and there is never going to be a perfect ranking system we need to get the, duck with lewis and um stein into it <laughs> yes and as, as someone said, oh, yeah, Wales must have won more scrums than New Zealand recently. That's why they won. Um, <laughs> <laughs> other changes, South Africa jumped above England to go fourth, with England dropping down to fifth in the world um, this weekend. Um, and France moved ahead of Scotland to go seventh and Scotland down to eighth in the world. I still think mm-hmm. what, the, what, the rule, what, what, the, what we can see from the world rankings is, is that we have... The, the top five, I think, are the five that have got a realistic chance of winning at the Rugby World Cup. And I think outside of that, you're talking um, good luck. Um, other rankings that, that, that people would say are unfair, I mean, Argentina and Netting have dropped out of the top 10 now, um, and Italy as well, because they always play high-ranking teams. They never win. Um, so again, uh. there, there, isn't, there isn't a perfect answer, but it gives you a, a, a good feel for where teams are kind of at. Uh, in 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 the old rankings, oh, it, it, relative to each other. Um, I would be very concerned if I was where it's Wales, England, and Argentina in the one group, right? No, um, Wales, um, Australia, and uh, Fiji are in their group, and it's England, France, and Argentina. England. Hey, I, I, if I, I know who could England, do the ranking. Very concerned about Argentina. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I know who could do the rankings. You ask someone like Paddy Power to do the rankings. You just look at the World Cup odds. That'll tell you who's the favourites are, who's ranked number one, who's going to win what, or what the, who they expect to win what. The house never loses. So what are the 2020 odds on the Blues winning in Super Rugby? Oh, mate. <laughs> we are not, we're, we're like about dollar dollar one, I think it is. I'm going to put the house on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which house is that, Arshan? 
Not this one. I was, you don't have a bedroom when you come up to Auckland. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't put the one you live in on there. Yeah, different, different house, please. Um, oh, dear. Uh, did you, uh, oh, Mickey Mouse moment of the week. Uh, this was this was fantastic. Did you did you see Ben May charging a penalty kick? Again? <laughs> no, he charged a penalty. <laughs> he charged a penalty kick. Absolutely. <laughs> Actually, to, to be fair to him, he didn't look like he charged it. What what he what he really did was thinking like, this is going over. I'm just running back to halfway. But he no, started no, no. as the player no. started running to kick it. No. Close close, Paul. What what he thought was this is a conversion. It's going over. I'll start running back to halfway. Yes. So. It, but effectively, but it was because it's a conversion, and I've got to run back to halfway because it doesn't matter what happens. So he was effectively charging it, but he was never going to actually try and charge it down. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. So, but the fact that you know he's a, it's fantastic because he's a prop and he charged a kick, a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> He was he was just running back to halfway. The funny thing is the 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 kicker missed it, so they had to retake it. Uh, he then got it over, and of course that meant the game was drawn. So seventeen all. Um, so basically, Ben May, yeah. yeah, lost the game by trying to just jog back to halfway. Um, <laughs> I think you're being kind, mate. I think you're being a prop. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody forgot to hold him before they turned him around. Undermines <laughs> my argument that the brains are in the forwards. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my golly! It reminds me of the story John John Allen told of his favorite favorite moment in rugby. So John Allen played for the Sharks, he played for Scotland, and he also played for the Springboks. And so he said they had a lineout call in the game, and I think it was a club game, and it was according to the first letter. So it would be P night twenty seven thirty nine, and the P would be that it goes to the front of the lineup, right? And then an S, a word with S, whatever. So as he's walking up, he thought, oh, I, I don't know when they won't. They'll ne- uh, he said, I don't know, the opposition won't get. And he called psychology. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he threw the ball in and nobody jumped. Because <laughs> there was no S in the calls, right? There was a P, but there was no S. So nobody got lifted, and the whole forward pack just watched the ball go over like a S. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, doesn't help. doesn't help with the stereotype of the forward pack, does it? No, not really. Um. Just run through some of the results from the from last weekend. New Zealand beat Australia thirty six nil. Um, we'll talk about that on the on the All Black session tomorrow night. Wales beat England thirteen six. Um, South Africa beat Argentina twenty four eighteen. Italy beat Russia eighty five fifteen. Which I think really does show you that Russia are going to be well out their depth in the come the Rugby World Cup. Um, and then France beat Scotland thirty two three, which is a bit of a shock there um john you said I mean, when you text me earlier says hey do you want a south african view of the weekend on the show um i, I i've only seen the highlights I didn't watch the whole game but south africa versus argentina uh i was that was a lot closer than i was expecting the game to be to be honest um argentina even led at half time i think uh the just remember though that the vast majority of those players were probably third choice so of springbok players Yep. So there were only five players who were in the match day squad from the pr- previous week in Argentina. And the, I think all of them were on the bench. So there was only five out of 23 that played on Saturday. So the vast majority of the first and second choice, uh, at least the match day squad that Rossi would put out for a World Cup final, uh, if it was this Saturday, were not playing. So he was trying out new combinations. He was trying out um, a few different options and trying to narrow down some some ideas. Um, so they, it was quite disjointed because they hadn't played much together. But he certainly did learn a few things. One thing he learned is that um, he's got the right wing that uh, Steve Hansen's been looking for, and that's uh, 
Spoon causes two tries. I mean, the first one, he had no right uh, scoring. The second one, John Alomu would have been proud of scoring that try. Um, uh, at TVNZ on their website had it listed as potential try of the year. And his ability to finish is just amazing. So you got, like, excuse the pun, but you got wingers for Africa. <laughs> yes, we do. We have the correct winger. Yes. <laughs> it, it yeah, it's going to be very difficult choosing a back three for, or especially wingers for, um, for South Africa because um, he, he played very well at the weekend. I mean, Dante's been playing very well. You've got... Um, Dante's not going to make it to the World Cup. No? He's oh, not recovered really? from his injury. So the oh, one who scored all those tries last year against the All Blacks, yeah, yeah. Um, he is coming back from injury, but their, their call is that he's not going to be match fit enough to be able to play in the World Cup. So it looks like he's not making the squad, neither is Warren Whiteley, which is, um, again, somebody who's been blighted with injuries mm. and is probably the best, um, well, if they wanted to play a linking forward and back game, he's the best number eight in the country and the best captain in the country. So I really feel for Whiteley. Uh, he's also looks like he's not going to make it. So even without Yanchi, they still have a ton of wings. Uh, yeah. And I, I think Spoon Corsi has probably made a case that he should be starting and that may well be at the expense of Makazola Mapimpi. Uh, because Cheslin Colby has been a revelation for all the small stature. He's been an absolute revelation on the other wing. So Herman suggests Colby to fullback, maybe, to, uh, to make, make room for him. No, I don't think they're going to drop uh, their current first choice fullback, Billy LaRue. I think they'll stay with him. Uh, that may be further down the line after the World Cup. That may well happen. Uh, because Colby is playing in the Pro 14 at fullback. Uh, so, yeah, that that may be further down the line, but I don't think that's going to happen in this World Cup cycle. The um, uh, Stephen has just put the, uh, the the TAB odds up for us, so I'll just put those on the screen. Um, Canada, Georgia, Tonga, USA, all at 500 to 1, or 500 so to 1. sort of... But that sort of sums up how good the rankings are, eh? When you've got the number one ranked nation at um, four favourites, according to a, a betting agency. Yep, that's a, it's a, that's an interesting one. Um, mm. But remember, odds are not just taken on what the oh, bookies think to win. They're also being affected by the money that's been put down. So True. the odds yeah, are according yeah. to the money that's been taken in, right? So... Um, you can you can take an indicator when the book opens. Opens the, when the book opens, you can see who the bookies think will win. But from then on, it's very much influenced by how much money has been put down. Yep, yep. spreading the risk. <laughs> yep. The, um, Let's all the, go for USA at five hundred one. The <laughs> is that is that their jeans they wear? Yeah, <laughs> 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 it's all in the jeans. All in the jeans. Um, I, 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 oh, I was just going to say, sorry, 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 before we move on, sorry, Paul, um, yep. I was just going to say, so surely some of the um, admin administration at, um, within South African rugby needs to look at where they sort of put games. So like they had the South Africa-Argentina game at, at, at Loftus, if I'm correct, and, and like there was 20,000 people there or something, or, or it was a very poor crowd. And it's just like, why would you? Why wouldn't you sort of pick a small? Well, is there a small ground to play it at? But or look at ticket prices or something. Um, especially when you know that's a warm up game, all that, all that sort of stuff. It's just like, well, yeah. It's, it's, you see, yeah. I'm scratching my head here. What is all the heat coming out? Look at it. The South African Rugby Administration and my scalp is starting to itch. Um, <laughs> the problem with South African rugby. Is not quotas, it's not uh, political interference, it's administration and leadership. It's not yeah. talent. It's the only country in the world that can challenge New Zealand for sheer athletic rugby talent, but yep. not not uh, leadership talent, not coaching talent, and that's where 
New Zealand pulls away from South Africa. So the, the leadership of South African rugby is historically going back decades and decades is really poor, right? Um, the There were only how many tests in South Africa this year? Is it two? Two test matches? And the two Three. most powerful... What was the third one? So it was Australia was the first one, wasn't it? No, so it was two, because then Argentina this time. Yep. So it's two. So there's two test matches. And the two biggest stadia is where they gave the two test matches. And um, and the most powerful, two of the three most powerful rugby unions, right? So they were always going to give it to Ellis Park because it's the biggest, mm. bigger than Newlands. And the Blue Bulls are powerful. So they... That's that's it. It would make sense to send it somewhere else, um, but they're not going to because they don't make decisions based on what's best for the game. They yep. make decisions of what they think are best for themselves. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that we've seen is that Argentina, and what they took them to Nelson last year uh, in, in New Zealand, um, and they, they, they get taken to the smaller grounds. It, it, it spreads spreads the game around the country. It means fans who don't would n- wouldn't normally get to see the All Blacks play live get the opportunity to, mm. um, and there's no they point putting Argentina on at Eden Park. They could have sent that game to East London. They could have sent that game to Kimberley, which is where the Grickers are. They would have sold out. The whole town would have been uh, just having the Springboks there. The whole town would have been green. Um, there would have been excitement the whole week. It would have been fantastic. Uh, but no, they're going to send it to Loftus. Uh, so, yeah. Because, um. you know, as you say, the administration's been the issue in terms of picking coaches and the like as well. So you've got Russi at the moment, who's obviously, I, I think he's actually, he's, he's, he's got into the head of the All Blacks as well. So, you know, very competitive matches, obviously tipped the All Blacks over last year effectively won the game this year because you know i see a draw and a away is effectively in in the in the spring box reacted as such as being a win so then there's talk that russie might not be there after the world cup do they get back does that mean they end up back to square one well razzy razzy's that's because razzy's going upstairs and he, he never was supposed to be coach he was supposed to be director of rugby and he's hiring mm-hmm. his coach for it so uh as he'll, he'll still be in control he'll still be running things right but it'll be his coach he won't actually be the hands-on coach. I'm going to make a major name drop here, but around about this time, August last year, I had a conversation with Richie McCaw and I asked him about Rusty because he played against him as well as uh, uh, played for teams that were coached by Rusty. And mm-hmm. I asked him, what did he think uh, Rusty would do? Because remember, by that stage, uh, Rasmus had been in charge for six months, maybe. And um, his description of Rusty was uh, he's a good man. He's going to make a big difference. And he's proven to be right. Yeah, he's, he's, he's done a very good job there. And, uh, and and part of that has been he's gone in on his, t- his own terms by the sound of things and told them, look, this is how I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it at all. Uh, and, and you need that kind of autonomy in those kind of roles. Um I mean, Steve Chu doesn't tell Steve Hansen too much about what to do. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, and again, this is um, if you if you if you're going to ask Razzy to come in and, and sort out because he's not just been the head coach. He's also been talking and working with the Super Rugby franchises. Um, yeah, he's been. Uh, the, the, I think he's also been part of this whole uh, the kind of salary cap things that they put bringing in, etc. Um, mm. Yeah, he's he's had a much bigger role than just being the coach. Um, and that's how it should be, you know. If you want to get cohesion, yep, you need to be working together. You know, people often talk about the difference between <laughs> New Zealand and the rest of the world being that the Super Rugby players, New Zealand Super Rugby players, are contracted to the Central Union, and they say, therefore, they have control over where they play. You don't have a John Smith and Bismarck Duplessis in the same team type scenario in a World Cup year. Um, so you don't have two hookers playing in the same team in Super Rugby, um, your first and second, all that kind of stuff. Yes, but what people don't talk about is the fact that the coaches are contracted to the Central Union. So 
the coaches are not just keeping their job on performance. They're also keeping their job on producing All Blacks. Whereas in South Africa, if somebody doesn't win, they're gone. So they don't have, their first choice is not to build the Springboks. Their first choice is to keep their job. job. Right? Yep. Whereas here, it's not only about winning at super rugby level. It's also about building the All Blacks because the coach is contracted by New Zealand Rugby. Well, yeah, exactly. And you can see from this year's Super Rugby tournament that if the, the coaches were just basically all about themselves and their own job, they wouldn't follow through on the instructions of resting players and all that so, um, as well. People, people asked why people like... he didn't keep it for so long when the best result he had was like a 65-something drubbing in a Super Rugby final against the Bulls. How did he keep his job for so long? The reason was, is he kept on producing All Blacks, and some of them were difficult characters that he kept on producing them and getting them ready, like Sione Luaki, Sivivatu with uh, multiple shoulder injuries, etc. So he had some problematic injury players, he had some problematic behavioral players, he had, and he kept on producing All Blacks. That's why he kept his job, and he not only kept his job, he stepped into the assistant coach position at the All Blacks. There you go. It's it's, and yeah, it is. It, but you've also got players who who come back like like Fafita. I think came back from the All Blacks camp and would have, and got told, look, they don't want me playing playing lock anymore. I'm not playing lock this year. Play me play me at six, please. And and the, the players also have a say in it as well. Um, when these things come back, it's not just down to the. Uh, when you're a senior mm. player, you can you can do that kind of. You you, you have, the, the, yeah, you have those sort of conversations. <clears throat> Looking forward I mean, to there's uh, very little doubt that that's why McKenzie moved to 10 at the Chiefs because that's where the All Blacks wanted him to That's one of them. Yep. And it's also where he played all, all his um, age grade rugby as well. Correct. Um, Correct. And it's where, uh, by the way, I think is his best position. At 10? At 10. Hmm. Uh, but he seems to be taking a while to get used to it, right? This is like, whereas at 15, just that extra space and that, he just seems to be able to make more use of the time and space that he gets at 15. And use it well, you know. Not just I'm not the fact saying that he's, he's bad, 15, but I say if you persist with him at 10, that's where I think he's at his most dangerous. Right then, we've kind of out of time. Let's have a quick look forward to next weekend uh, and let me know which games you're looking forward to. We've got Tonga Western Force, Scotland, France, England, Ireland, Uruguay, South America, 15, or South America, um, 15, and Canada versus Leinster. Anything England, jump out? England, Ireland. Yes, well, yeah, England, Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting, that one, isn't it? It's to see, because uh, this is Ireland's, and obviously I'm, um, Ireland uh, put out an experimental side that put away Italy um, a couple of weekends ago. Yeah. Um, but... I think it's more for Ireland. I think these games are much more about just getting fit um, and a little bit of match practice ahead of the Rugby World Cup. Whereas I think for England, it's mm. much more about combinations. Um, when you think players like Willie Hines have got two caps and he's going to be the second, he's going to be on the bench or even starting at uh, uh, at scrum half. Um, I think yeah, I think there's uh, there are totally different different places in their development. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they both approach the game as much as actually play the game. Um, and Scotland really needs to bounce back after that defeat to, Fra to, to France. Yes, it, again, it was an experimental side by by Scotland, but to um, have not even scored a try, I think they'll be very disappointed in that one. So those those to me are the two big ones uh, this weekend. Was that Scottish team, Paul? Was that when you say experimental? Were there a lot of fringe players being playing? Uh, yeah, I think probably only half of those will actually make it onto the plane. Okay, but like the. The Buck, Buck team. Yep. They need Hamilton Burr over there, eh, Paul? They do need Hamilton Burr over Or Hammy, as, as, as he's known <laughs> to his mates. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm not mates. I'm going to call him Hamilton. <laughs> exactly. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, go check out my uh, interview with Hamilton Burr. It's on uh, it's on the old YouTube channel, uh, post-Waikato game. Uh, yeah, good, good chap. Thank you very much, boys, for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. And John, we no can't worries. leave it this, this long between drinks next time, even if they are. Okay. Um, 
and uh, Ashwin, well done. You've survived in a, a, a show that you were you, you you were kind of a bit nervous about this evening, weren't you? Oh no, I just thought I was going to fall in a big hole. <laughs> <laughs> but I just asked John lots of questions, and that way you look like an interviewer. <laughs> you already fell in the hole when you chose to support the blues, mate. That's a big. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you know, I can always hold on to three trophies. Three, three championships. There's three, three championships. Scoreboard, <laughs> fish and chip paper, and all that. But you know, still there. Yeah, your kids weren't even born then, were they? No. <laughs> I'm born. <laughs> anyway folks thank you very much uh, it's been a pleasure back tomorrow night with the All Blacks edition um, and then obviously next week uh, we'll have the Meister 10 Cup show on Monday Arshman doesn't know this yet but I'll be asking him to host the Hash Rugby Chat next Tuesday as I'm unavailable and then we'll have the All Blacks edition next Wednesday uh, so um, yeah join us 8pm most nights of the week <laughs>